This is Dream Loudly, a show that fights for dreams, stands against the culture, and demonstrates the logic of impossible innovations. Steve Jobs never had an iPhone till he made it. They all played the game. I told him I'ma change it. See the mountain, I'ma move it with no hesitation. I am in no lane. That's my innovation. This show gives you as a basketball player, trainer, parent, or coach the resources to boldly attack this game and to dream loudly. Welcome to Dream Loudly, an Impossible original show sponsored by the Dream Loudly Foundation. And today we have a special guest, Zezva Liluashvili. Spot on. Spot on. I've gotten great at that one. Zezva is our European director. Um, I'm going to let Zezva tell his story a little bit. But in this, this episode, this is going to be really the Euro edition. We're going to be discussing European basketball. We're going to be discussing skills and training. And so Zezva is a perfect guest for that. And, of course, as you hear him, you'll understand why. So, Zezva, really quickly, just go ahead and tell your impossible story just a little bit. Uh, so, first of all, I started with Micah about 10 and a half years ago. And the main reason I came to States, that was skill work. So ten and a half years ago, I did my research. Obviously, there was nothing skill-wise in Europe, and at the level I was playing, I had to take do something skill-wise so I can keep progressing. So, and we're gonna get into that. But he said, obviously, there's nothing skill-wise in Europe, and that's not obvious to a lot of people. And so we're gonna go into that. But also, where are you from? You came to the states from where? I came from the country of Georgia, which is eastern part of Europe. And um, again, I mean, I always had a dream to play college basketball, which I did, and we'll go into that if we need to. But um, again, I I came to Micah uh, to train skill-wise 10 and a half years ago, and since then I've been around all the time before I stepped into the actual like, training side of it. I was a player, so um, and I'm glad I did it because, again, it opened up a lot of doors for me. Yeah, and when Zezva came over, I still remember when it was, you know, when you know he came over to train... I don't know, was it, a, was it just a week to start, two weeks? It was two weeks. So he did our two-week custom training program, and just the main thing about Zezva right from the get-go was that he just worked extremely hard. So that was the thing that you had going for you. Just came over raw. Yep. You could tell that you had some game. You had a good feel for basketball. You had good basketball IQ, but just really raw in terms of where your skill sets were. Mm-hmm. So we went through your footwork and your shooting and your finishing and just put you through the whole thing. Really quickly, just go over, you know, at that age, you know, what was that experience like for you? What was the shock factor when you first kind of came across skill? So even when I look at the videos now, it just looks funny the way I was moving. But, I mean, as a player, I didn't really see it because I was a good player. If I wanted to, I could put put the ball in the basket. Obviously, it it was different factors with it. But um, when I started uh, and I came here, um, like footwork, ball handling, the stuff I did, I have not really experienced that before. So uh, it kind of put me in shock of how much room I had to improve. Like there was too much room, skill-wise, obviously, and um, and basketball-wise also because you keep constantly learning. But um, I was playing at different ages, like under 16, under 18, under 20 in Europe. I represented my country, played at different levels, different countries uh, for European Championship at those ages, and I was playing professional as well. But the fact that my skill set was not there, and obviously you got me exposed to that, uh, it completely like changed my mindset, kind of how I wanted to like approach things. So that was like the biggest eye-opening thing for me. Yeah, and, and I think that's a lot of things that people go through, especially European players, 
is they don't really get exposed to skills. They don't really get exposed to training. And so they come over here and just flat out get exposed to what they don't know about themselves. And we always tell our players, we're going to find out how bad at basketball you are. And so that was your first really exposure of finding out how bad you were at the game from a skill perspective. And so obviously you already had success in terms of playing for your national team. Now you wanted to to turn that into playing college basketball in the States. And so we got out to training right away. Now, Whenever we're talking about this topic, what, what I really want to kind of get into on this is why we have said that multiple times now, that there's really not skill training in Europe. And I'm sure you'll have plenty to say on this topic as a European player, but that shocks a lot of people when we say that because we've obviously seen international players have success in the NBA. But without going there, without taking away from European players, what I want people to understand is that training isn't necessarily there in Europe. What they do have is a good system. And so do you want to just kind of jump into that just a little bit? Um, you know, what is your perspective on the state of training in Europe? And what do you like about how Europe is structured? So what I like about Europe is that um, they, they don't really, like, especially as a kid, if you're a successful player, and uh, they don't really put you in the box. They don't give you no role. Um, so it's like my, my game was mid-range. So... I was never told do not shoot a mid-range shot until I came to play college in America, right? So I guess there was kind of like uh, success from my part in Europe that they gave me much freedom. Like I could kind of use, I can score from any level, right? Mid-range, three-pointer, layup, right? That opens up my game. So, I mean, but again, talking to the skill side of it, uh, there's so much you can improve on those aspects, like at the different levels, right? But the biggest thing I still think that in Europe, you have much more freedom, and I know you will talk about that stuff too. Uh, you, ha- you have so much freedom as a player to kind of like get exposure like to what, what you can do compared to like basketball here when I, when I played at college. Um, I was supposed to only shoot threes and go for layup, so which is a little different and it kind of like plays, yeah, plays with your mind. So that was the thing. Yeah, and, and that's really, to me, the big thing about European basketball is players understand how to play with freedom. They're allowed to play with freedom. I think um, international players have the luxury of coaches saying, you're going to have to learn everything. They're not necessarily teaching them how to shoot. So when they talk about them being so skilled and so fundamental, trust me, it's not that they're actually teaching skills and fundamentals. But what they are allowing players to do is they're just allowing them to find their own identity, which we talk about a lot. I always say that our system fits Europe the best because we don't train in any boxes and and European players have the mindset and coaches have the mindset of not putting players in boxes. And those two things go together wonderfully. Where in the U.S., our biggest flaw is that we tend to box players up, roll players up. I think, I don't know if European FIBA basketball is getting to the analytics part of this. Mm-hmm. But my sense is not to the extent that the NBA has, where even our NBA players are being boxed up to saying only threes and layups yep. and no mid-ranges at times. But that's the main thing that, you know, from all the players who travel over from Europe, players are constantly telling us there is no skill training. When I have gone to Europe to run camps and clinics, I quickly realize there is no skill training. It's all team practices where there's huge lines working on plays, working on X's and O's, and letting players just play and find their identity. So that has been a winning recipe to some extent because players are able to be free, 
find out who they are and find success. But if you think it's due to the training, you'd be really, really disappointed if you ever went to Europe for training. You're just not going to find it. So when you kind of, what was the most training that you did? You know, what, what did training look like? So people can have an understanding of that. Well, the funny part is, um, I, I, I made, I used to make my own trainings. I used to go out, do my research. And obviously before I came here for skills, YouTube, like make, make a schedule, right? So you kind of do your own, own thing because there is no specific person you can go to and tell them like, I want to train skills. There is training, which is called skills training. And we, we get that a lot. People do game enhancement stuff and they call it skill enhancement, but it, there's no details in it. How your body moves when you do those two dribble pull-ups inside step, shoulder, all that dribble step timing, right? So those details are not present. It's the details just, that are present would be go to that spot and shoot. Take a shot. Yep. Stop, but I don't know if the, if the type of stop is yep. emphasized. Mm-hmm. And even if it is, once you get to the game, they really don't care. Yep. So even if they're teaching a one-two or a jump stop, if a coach you know is, is really kind of had that be in their system, because there are some stubborn coaches in Europe where they're like, if you talk to them about their belief system, they're going to be all about a certain footwork. But they also just let players stop. Yep. And so it's not nearly as, as controlled as it, as it would be here. And so your amount of training would be, all right, go to that spot and shoot. Exactly. So that's pretty spot on so far. Mm-hmm. And then you know, what's the, what are the opportunities for training out there? So as of right now, I mean, we see it from here because uh, I don't constantly go there like I used to. But um, the, the thing is, like, they, they try to pick things up as of right now, which, I mean, some people do take stuff from us and we don't get credit for that. We don't, we don't have to call them out. But um, there, there's people there who try to bring stuff on the table where, I guess, they do research through us. They look at us. They try to copy those things. Um, but um, as of right now, I don't, I don't really see, like, a huge, like, skill training world that you can just go there I'll be like, I'm going to go do a skills training and dedicate that to that. So I don't really see that as of right now. And to me, when I look at the world of opportunity, so the U.S. has the stubbornness side of the coaches controlling players. And and really, in my opinion, limiting what they're capable of. So the best players are here, but our best players are much more controlled. And then the ones who aren't controllable end up rising to to the top. Um, but you still have, you know, eighth, ninth men in the NBA who just lose their identity because of how much they are controlled. And, and then in Europe, you have just freedom, the ability to decide who you are, and they're missing the training piece. And so we have more skills in our, in our U.S. players, but we have more freedom in the European players. And here's the thing. If I had to pick a recipe or, or pick who I'd rather be right now, I'd rather be the European player. Yep. Because when our training gets to Europe at the type of level that we have seen in the U.S. With the freedom they're allowed to play in, then people got to be really, really scared. So the the European game is catching up on the training side and will catch up on the training side with the influx of training that's happening. And if you have that recipe with the type of freedom that they allow players to play with out there, it's it's going to be scary for the rest of the world. Definitely. The U.S. has to wake up on this one because if the coaches keep controlling players like this, we have the training, but then the training kind of gets snuffed out by the time they get to certain levels. 
that's when the European game, I think, is really going to hit a whole different level compared to the U.S. Yep. And so one of the reasons why we're talking about this also is that Zezva is our European director. So to kind of give an idea of his role, so he started training with us um, or as a player. As a player, yeah. Went through, went through, you know, the early training stages, ended up playing college in the U.S., um, went through those coaches who controlled everything he did, experienced what U.S. is really like in terms of that, and compared that to what it's like to play for your Georgia national team where you could do, you know, what you needed to and, yep. and play towards your game. But after he was done playing, was easy to flow right into training. He's been at our world headquarters now for four years. Three years. Three years. Going on his fourth and is now one of the best skill enhancement trainers in the world. We're happy to have him here at our world headquarters in Michigan. And now we're preparing for what we're going to be doing in Europe, which is still a lot in the the works, but Zezva is going to be a huge part uh, of our European movement and really – um, establishing our training in a greater way in in Europe. So, but when you look at the type of skill training that we're going to bring there, what do you, what would you say is, you know, what are we going to do for the European player? So, I'll I'll speak from my experience because I mean obviously just like I mentioned, it was eye opening when I did stuff with you. What I mean by that, I learned how to train myself better, so I didn't have to see you every year. I mean every day. Right. I came here annual basis, two times a year, right? So it was just more of a, like, knowing how to train myself, kind of like having a, having a more understanding, like, how skill world works so we don't see, we don't have to see each other every day. So, and going back to the perspective, like, Europe has a huge perspective of where the kids are and how hungry they are to, like, because everybody's dream is to play in America. Everybody's dream is NBA, right? And they are willing to, again, Take those skills, whatever it takes, try to learn how to train themselves so they can they can improve their game. Right. So there's a huge perspective for that. If they if the kids figure out how to like absorb those skills, we will give it to them. Again, just like you mentioned, it's gonna be a game changer. Yeah, and the mentality out there is what I love. Yep. The players just have a different mentality. You know, and, and it's it's they have a belief system that number one, they can do it because they've seen others do it. And so they just go through the clubs, go through the academies, and just keep staying with the game until they have the opportunity to, to, to come over and play college. And so there's just a good recipe, a good system, a good structure in place for players to find success. And that's really the strength of, of what the European model has. And then now, as we continue to bring skill training to them, it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities. But I want to speak to what you just said. So the, the Zezva recipe is the same that we have for all of our, our European players, especially because we have players from all over the world who travel in to train with us once or twice a year. And in that time, we basically break down their game, show them all their weaknesses, work on new skills, and send them home. They don't have the opportunity to be here all the time. Yep. And we have seen amazing results for those players because now we've taught them how to train. They train on their own, and then we see them once or twice, or twice a year. And I think a lot of people don't understand the power of what we just said because they think that training has to be a relationship. They think that training has to be a full-time gig. You're always seeing the same people. And people who have worked with us, we equip them to train themselves. So I want to swing back to that really quickly. Talk about how you were able to do that as a player. You came in, you trained with us, 
Now you're away from us for 340 days, yep. right? So what is that process like and what do players have to be ready for? So the way I look at it is you get exposed to so many new things. There is no way you need to see someone every day to get better in that. Since I know I got to work on my footwork, specific footwork I get, my ball handling, right? So I kind of have an idea what I have to stress before I see you, right? And plus, we do a great job of uh, right now and back in the day because I had a contact with you. So I could always reach out to you if I, if I, had, an idea, if I had a question or whatever based on training. But uh, our online system helps kids a lot too. So again, you know what you got to work on. Take your time, make a schedule, just like you always tell players. Like, know what you got to work on so you can make a plan, so you can just follow it, right? So I think that was the biggest part for me because uh, I constantly try to, again, expose myself to new things so I can keep keep working on new things so I don't have to, like, see you every day for that. Right, and our app has come a long way since oh, yeah. then. But at the same time, we still had it. So mm-hmm. there was... Our skills, our drills, and everything built into the app. So the, the recipe was the same. You came in and trained. We give you things while you're here. Send you home. Now you have access to the app the rest of the year. How much did you rely on that app in the time that you trained on your own? It's like a homework. Like you do, you do homework at school. You learn new things, right? So if I know I'm struggling with something, I would spend like 15, 20 minutes on that. And the app is organized so well and so easy to use. All I had to do is mark what I need to do. Right. So just make four or five things a week that I, I can just, again, work on that, spend 15, 20 minutes. And it does not take me like three hours a day. It takes 20 minutes. Right. And I mean, that, that was a game changer. And that was so smooth transition for me to like kind of like not have to see you every day. So I can just like come in annually right before season, two weeks, whatever that was. And uh, if I had a chance, I could make another trip. Right. Just like I did before. But uh, you, you really have to be invested in how how good you want to be skill wise and what are you looking at ahead of time so you can actually like know how to make a plan and how, how to follow those things and we provide those things app, app is the easiest way to do that right so 15 20 minutes a thing depending how well you pick it up that's how I, I did how i did it so it helped me a lot yeah and i think a lot of times when we talk about this people think that in order for you to travel around the country you have to be in a situation where, or around the world, you have to be a multi-million dollar situation where you just have money just flowing everywhere. But there's so much sacrifice that players are able to make. And if you really look at how much people spend on camps and clinics throughout the year, what a lot of our European players do, because we don't have a whole lot of just you know wealthy Europeans that come travel in, yep. but we do have a lot of people who who make sacrifices because the flight's going to cost them a certain amount, and obviously they pay for training. Um, sometimes their parents will come as well if they don't stay in our guest house, and they'll they'll also have to get a hotel, and they just sacrifice some of those other things in order to train. But when you're in a situation where you just have to make it work, you do you do things that yep. you need to do in order to be successful. But the coolest thing about Zezva. And his journey is that he worked on the app so well in between our workouts that we already knew he was going to be a great trainer. He was able to be successful as a player because he took what we did and did it on his own. He kept following our app for multiple years. And when all said and done, he knew our system like the back of his hand. Then as he went through our trainer university and certification program, it just flowed. And he's been one of the best in the game since. So keep an eye out on Zezva, our European director. We're going to talk more about this topic. We kind of just want to softly break into the idea that Europeans don't have skill training on lock. 
you know, they're really relying a lot on, on what we've been building over the years. But if the U.S. doesn't you know, look out, Europe, European players are going to get even more dangerous because skill training is coming. Oh, it is. And, and it's going to hit them hard when it does. <laughs> Now, real quickly, before we end this episode, I just want you to tell everyone, just so they know a little bit, of who are some of your favorite international European players that you've worked with. Uh, as of right now that I'm having a player, um, I would say uh, Sandro Mamukilashvili is the he plays in NBA, obviously, but uh, he's one of the most talented guys. I would say that he's in the league, but he's a European prospect. But uh, he's so good offensively; he's super skilled. So I think he he's a really good player that can obviously like make change and make big moves in the league. But obviously, we have players like Toko, like dominates the Euro League, right? So you worked with him. So we, we constantly, again, have a relationship with him. So he's... But you've he's worked a, with him. Yeah. Right? So that's the coolest thing, aspect of, of it, is we both work with these yep. with these guys, which is great. And I've been with him as a player, too. So, so that was a great experience because I actually trained in the same group with him from a player side. So it was, it was, it was super fun. Awesome. Yeah, and you, you'll see quite a bit of, of what we're going to be doing in Europe as time goes on. But for now, we'll just leave you hanging on that. Thank you for joining us on our Euro edition, part one uh, of the Dream Loudly show.